thank you all of the people who have supported us throughout our time on this podcast. Thank you for everyone who's listened to one episode or you have listened to all 95 episodes. Yes, we have 95 episodes. That is beyond amazing. That is so very exciting for me. We have about 30,000 active listeners on the podcast. Each month, about 30,000 people are listening to the podcast. One episode, four episodes, catching up on episodes. And what is so exciting for me is the fact that when I checked our rankings on Apple Podcasts. I mean, there are lots of different platforms you could be listening on. We were number 21 in the management category. There are hundreds of podcast guys in the management category and we're number 21. So that is extra, extra exciting for me too. And again, I thank you for all of your support. I thank you for continuing to listen and show up each and every week. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. If you have the great pleasure of watching this podcast on video, and if you're not watching it on video, go check it out on YouTube, you would see me in my happy birthday crown. So is it your birthday, Wesleyan? It is not my birthday, but it is our birthday. It is the birthday, the birth anniversary of the Transform Sales Podcast. Two years ago today, we were born out of an idea that I had in my mind that I really wanted to share with you, with the audience, with the world, what it was like to become a sales manager. The struggles, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And from that idea, this labor of love, my podcast, the Transform Sales Podcast was born. We've gone through a few different changes in names and the format has stayed the same though. It has always been me interviewing people who I like to say have come up through the trenches of sales management. They've been an individual contributor and they are now a CEO, they're a sales leader, they're a VP of sales, and they have lived this life. And I have had the pleasure of interviewing amazing, amazing people. People from CEOs of Fortune 50 companies all the way down to solo entrepreneurs that are now operating in a sales space. So on this two-year anniversary episode, birthday episode, me wearing my crown, uh, somebody saw me and said, oh my gosh, Rosalie, you look like a queen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am the queen of the Transform Sales Podcast. What I'm going to do for you is I'm gonna be answering some questions. So I often get questions from you guys in the audience about different topics, different things within sales management, team development. And so today it is all about what you want to hear. So the first question that I have is how do I tell my field sales people how to spend their day? So this question is a pretty loaded one because as a sales manager, you have these field salespeople and you're thinking they're at home, they're doing what they need to do, they go see their customers, they spend time in their office. But what we find so often is they actually have no clue about how to spend their day. So one of the first things that you should do is you should ask them to track everything they're doing for two full business days. 
And so you're not doing this to micromanage them. You're not doing this to come down hard on them, but you need to really see where they're spending their time. Then as a manager, you can say, oh, wow, now I see why you are always working at eight and nine and 10 o'clock at night, because the first thing in the morning, you're just, you're chasing your tail. You're running around and you're answering an email here, doing a quote there, doing a proposal here, doing all of these activities. So your goal is to help them understand how to best spend their time. And one of those things would be is to time block, right? So make them set time blocks. Okay, this is gonna be my time block to plan my day. This is gonna be my time block to answer emails. This is gonna be my time block to call prospective new customers. This is gonna be my time block to follow up with new customers. And the goal is to get them very, very focused. Get them focused on a specific activity within a specific time block. And time blocking is really effective if you do it in anywhere from 30 minute to one hour increments. So a 15 minute time block, it really doesn't help you get anything done because by the time you get your mind in that game, then you have to switch to something else. And so I really like about one hour time blocks for different activities. And depending on how that rep's brain work, they may say, nope, I wanna spend two hours prospecting and you say, spend two hours prospecting. They may say, I wanna do them one hour in the morning and then another hour in the afternoon because I like a little bit of variety. So you follow their lead. So the first thing you have to do is diagnose. What is the challenge? Where are you spending your time? What's sucking your time? Then after you figure that out, you help them time block their day and be very intentional about the activities and the things that they're doing. And you just ask them to follow up with you throughout the day ask them to send you an email at the end of the day saying, hey, these are the things I accomplished. These are things that fell apart. So another question I have here is how do I coach someone that's not doing a good job without overwhelming them or being too negative and focusing solely on metrics and KPIs? So this is a pretty loaded question, right? So I will break it down into many pieces. How do you coach someone that's not doing a good job? So the first question that I would ask is, what do you define a good job? Because a good job for you may not be what they consider a good job. So let's make sure our expectations are aligned. When you think that somebody's not doing a good job, what specifically are they not doing well in? And Again, we're gonna go to this conversation piece because communication is very, very important when we're working with our reps, we're developing them. So say, hey, John, hey, Sally, hey, Sarah. I've noticed in the past few weeks, few months that this one specific thing has kind of fallen off. Can you tell me why? Do you understand why this thing has fallen off? Notice I said thing, not things, why? Because when we overload and we jam pack those coaching development sessions with too many bits and pieces, it kind of gets lost in translation. You can't say, oh my goodness, John, Sarah, Sally, you're doing these five things wrong and I need you to fix these five things so that we can move forward. You give them one thing to bite at a time. Let's fix the one big thing that you as a manager feel is hindering their success, right? And get some agreement on it. This is what I see. Do you see this also? Okay, you don't see this, so now tell me what you see. And sometimes it's a lack of communication. Sometimes it is they just don't realize that's something that they need to do or work on. So first, get some agreement. 
And then you talk about not overwhelming them or being too negative. So the term of overwhelm would mean that the person that you're coaching has too much on their plate. Why do they have so much on their plate? Why are you worried about overwhelming them? You shouldn't be worried about overwhelming them because as a manager, you should really be balancing the things that they are doing in their day. And so if you sense they're overwhelmed, it is your job to pull back and say, okay, let me see, what are all the things that I've given this person to do? What are all of the responsibilities, all the tasks that they have? And you may feel that I haven't given them anything else that I've given someone else. However, if this is a low performer, the weight of the world is on their shoulders. They have a lot of mind trash, a lot of mental stuff going on where they are not really able to handle the typical day-to-day responsibilities as well as try to catch up. So figure out how you can help them take some things off of their plate. And you don't wanna be negative, right? So the old classic giving feedback approach of the sandwich is something that I very, very strongly believe in. And you have to focus on something that they're doing right. What is it that they're doing right? Are they showing up every day at eight o'clock when they're supposed to be there at 8.30? That is a positive. Are they hitting their phone calls every day, even though they're not converting? Maybe they're not converting them. Maybe they're not getting the number of demos scheduled or the number of meetings scheduled they need, but they're making their calls. Have you seen them help their colleague? Whatever the thing is that they're doing well, tell them that they're doing well. Let them know that I see your efforts. I see that you're doing good. If you can't find one thing that that person is doing well, it's time to flip that mirror on yourself because you are all the way down in the negative gutter. And if there's not something that you can find positive about an employee, something that they're doing right, then you really need to change your mindset because you are at the point of just thinking everything is bad, thinking that they're not doing what they need to do, just you're just down a path. And that path will really lead you as a leader into destruction. And then the final part of that question is how do you not focus only on metrics or KPIs? I am so not a a KPI person. I am all about the conversions. I like to see the changes in the, what do I say? So conversions. So I don't care about you making 50 phone calls. I need to see that you have converted 20% of those phone calls to demos, right? So I always look for KPIs and conversions and that's what I coach to and that is where I identify the gaps are. So if I've asked you to make 50 calls and I've asked your colleague to make 50 calls and your colleague is able to book 20 discovery calls and you only book two, then I see there's a problem there because I'm giving you guys the same instructions. I'm asking you to do the same thing, but your conversion rate is a lot lower. So I'm not going to beat you up about making more calls because that's not going to help. You're going to make more calls that they're still not going to convert. I'm going to figure out how to help you increase your conversions. I'm going to walk the walk with you. I'm going to get in the trenches with you. I'm gonna sit next to you and say, okay, so I want you to, I wanna hear you make some calls. And you know what? Let me make a couple calls with you. I will pick up the phone and we will do a, a call-a-thon, if you will. You listen to me, I listen to you. And then after about 20 or 30 minutes, let's circle up. And what you will do is you will show your employee that I am in this with you. I'm not on an ivory tower above you. 
but I am in this with you. Like this is our game together. We are partners, we're colleagues, right? Because many times as a manager, we think we're above our people, which essentially on an org chart we are, but when we have that mentality of I am above and I am higher than you and I am better than you, what we do is we remove the humanity from it, right? And so our salespeople need to recognize us as human beings. Our salespeople need to recognize us as someone that they can come to and really be able to tap into and ask questions. So again, that was a really, really long question, but I wanted a really long answer, I should say, but I wanted to pick through all the bits and pieces. So essentially, if you have a low performer, the onus is on you as a leader to first make sure that your expectations are aligned with reality. Make sure that you are not expecting them to do something just because your boss told you to do it or because you did it yourself or because three people on the team are doing it. Like your job is to coach the individual, right? Not to focus on the holistic team and what their abilities are. Yes, there's a time and place for that. But if you have a low performer, you need to coach to that person's areas of opportunities. I am a giver. I love giving of my time, my talent, and my expertise. And because of all of the giving that I have inside of me, I have a fantastic gift for you. I have lots and lots of resources for you as leaders, as salespeople that want to become leaders, or even CEOs. I would love for you to check out my leadership guide, my day planner, so how do you actually plan your day as a field salesperson, as an SDR, as an AE, as well as many, many more resources and eBooks for you to check out. Go to go.transformsales.com backslash pod. And you can get all of these ungated. Click on the link for free. They're all yours. And if you have a question, feel free to drop me a line. Alrighty. So let's see what else I have. Hmm. Alrighty. I think that we will wrap up with this question. How do I manage versus how do I lead? That is a, a very big, loaded, juicy question, even though it's really short. So let's talk about the difference between managing and leading. So when you are managing, that means you are in the weeds, you are looking at the individual bits and pieces, you are getting upset with when one person doesn't do the one thing that you asked them to do. You are really taking this view of, you gotta do what I say. I need you to buckle up and if I say jump, I want you to say how high. If I say I need you to have three demos this week and I don't care how you get it, I just need you to do it. And I'm just gonna sit over here on my ivory tower and I'm just gonna say, just do it. I don't care how it gets done. That is managing. So when you think about a manager, I want you to think about somebody in the air traffic control. They sit in the air traffic control and they're leading the plane, right? And what are they doing? They are, yep, they're giving you the inputs. They're in your headset telling you what to do as a pilot flying the plane because that's what your salesperson is doing. Your salesperson is flying the plane. And so when you're managing, you're in the air traffic control tower saying, okay, you can go two knots to the left. Go this way, go that way. Okay, now it's time to take off. That is what a manager does. 
What a leader does is a leader actually leads from behind and below, right? So I want you to think about maybe the best leader that you've ever had. And what were some of the characteristics of that person that really attracted you to them? When we think about good leaders, good leaders, we often actually don't hear their name come up that often. They elevate their team. They make sure that their team gets the accolades and the praise. That is what a good leader does. A good leader, yes, you have to, everybody has to be in the data. Everybody has to look at the numbers, but you don't use the data and the numbers as a way to rule your team. You don't take the numbers, you don't take the data and say, oh, okay, um, I see that you're not doing this really well here, so I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna be in your headset and I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna say, what's going on here? Why did your numbers drop off week over week? Mm, you're pretty low on your quota right now. Uh, you gotta get that together. That is not what a leader does. A leader has a few key characteristics. They have empathy. So what does it mean to have empathy? Empathy is the ability to understand where somebody is coming from. This does not mean that you had to have been in that situation before, but it means that you understand where they are coming from. So you have empathy, but you don't sit in that empathy. You don't make that empathy turn to sympathy. You say, I understand where you're coming from and I get it. Now let's come up with an action plan together. Together, that is the key that leaders do. They say, let us walk this path together. You're not alone in the wilderness doing this by yourself. So they have empathy. They develop action plans with their salespeople. And those action plans are really based on, hey, this is where you are today and this is where we want to get together. A leader also has the ability to look at the data, look at the minute details and bubble that up into the big picture. Like, so this is what I see. These are the challenges within the organization. These are the challenges within the team. This is how it impacts you as a human. This is how it impacts the team as a whole. This is how it impacts the organization. So they take the little bits and pieces of data and they individualize it to the specific person they're speaking to, to the team, and then to the organization. And why is that so important? Because a true leader understands this full 360 view of leading, managing down, managing across, and also managing up. That is what strong leaders do, and that is what strong leaders need to do in order to get in that mindset and really be effective in their job. And the final thing that I want to share with you that strong leaders do is they are okay with their team being elevated and themselves not being elevated. When they go on a joint sales call with their salesperson, they don't need to be introduced as, oh, I'm this person's boss. I'm this person's leader. I've been in this industry for 25 years. They should introduce themselves or allow their salesperson to introduce themselves if they want, would like to, as this is John, this is Mary, this is Wesleyan, and she works with me. Or if I were introducing myself, I would say, my name is Wesleyan. I work with Sarah. That's it. Why? Because when you go into a customer interaction and you introduce yourself as the boss, 
all of the attention is on you. They're only focusing on you. They're looking on to you as that authority. And now how does this play out internally? When you're in a meeting, obviously everybody knows that you're the boss, but if you want to allow your salespeople to shine, if you want to allow them to have the same opportunities for growth and development that you have, you let them speak. You don't talk over them. You don't correct them. If they look to you with those eyes and they're like, I need you now, then you go in and you pop in and you say, oh, okay, yeah, remember we talked about that before? And it's X, Y, Z. You never minimize them. You never make them feel like they are not enough. Your job as a strong leader is to minimize yourself and elevate every single person on your team. You should change your mindset from just being a manager or even being a leader and think about being a coach. When we see our the sports teams that we like, we often see the top athlete. Many times we don't even know who the coach is right? Unless it's an extra famous coach, but they've been in the game for 20 years and they have produced so many amazing athletes. You hear about that number one running back or that star quarterback or the best golfer or the top swimmer. We very seldom hear about the actual coaches. And that is what your job is. Your job is to show up and be a sales coach. Your job is to focus on elevating the team, leading with empathy, and making sure that they have everything that they need to be successful in their positions. So that was exciting. That was really fun. I love answering audience questions. So please, please, please send more questions. Send them to podcast at transformsales.com. And when I do our next solo episode, I will be sure to include some of those audience questions. So remember, as I always say before I end the podcast, in all that you do every day, be sure to transform your sales. Until next time.